0: Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Drain Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during, and after their time on the programme. Okay, welcome to the next episode of Sausage on a Fork. I'm very happy to say that I've been joined for this episode by Mark Baxter, who played Dwayne Orpington. Mark, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Good to have you. Really good to have you. OK, what we'll do, Mark, is we'll just uh, go right back to the beginning. We'll jump straight in. And if you can just tell us how you got acting and, and how it all started for you.
1: Uh, I, I had a lucky break. right? And basically, my lucky break was that I got run over by a bus and <laughs> and broke my leg in two places. Oh, wow. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And literally uh, from there, uh, the doctor said I would always walk with uh, a heavy limp. And then I went to see a real specialist and the specialist said to my mother, she said, uh, if you take him now for dancing lessons and strengthening exercises, there's a chance we can reduce the limp. So that's exactly what my mum did. And I went to um, Barbara Speaks to her dancing classes. Uh And literally I went there for about three or four weeks before she said to my mother, send him to my school. Right. And, she, and my mum was a one-parent family. So my mum said, listen, there's no way that I can afford, uh, you know, the fees to, to send him to your school. Uh-huh. And so then Barbara said, um, don't worry about the fees. What we'll do is we'll do it as a fee-earning basis. And so any work that he gets will then pay for right. his fees. She said, I'll take a chance. Um, and that was the start, really. And th- that had two very positive uh, sort of impacts on me. One was that it did the job with strengthening my leg. And, and, and basically, you can't really tell that I've got um, a limp at all now. Uh-huh. Uh, and also, um, because she took the chance on me, uh, literally, she sent me for everything. Right. So I, do you know what I mean? So yeah. she wanted to get her money. So literally, I I was going for jobs for for little girls, and you know, and and, and <laughs> yeah. whatever, you, you know. Does you do you need a pantomime dog? I've got just the boys sitting there. That's, that that right. was me. You know, that was the yeah. kind of job I got. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was really the start of everything. Um, and thankfully, I I was I was very lucky um, that I sort of I did okay. Yeah, because
0: I read an interview with you a while back, and it said you you, you ended up in something like seventy adverts. Is that yeah. right? Wow that that's yeah. that's an incredible for a child actor. That, that's like an incredible amount. That's, for any actor. I imagine that's an incredible amount of, of work to get.
1: The thing is, is that back, in, especially back in the seventies, uh-huh. that you had you had the likes of um, the Scott brothers, Ridley. You know, Ridley yeah. Scott was was in advertising. Right, uh, Jay Ward Thompson were yeah. advertising and what they tended to do was was that if you uh, did a good job for them as a child uh-huh.
0: that
1: they would sell you to their next clients for their commercial right so i would end up being the flavor of the month for a company uh-huh. so i i would do literally do like three or four commercials for the same company right uh, do you know what i mean yeah so it's like okay so so the same company for me did like the Green Cross Code advert that I did and then went straight into a mushy peas advert. They went straight into an OXO advert right. So, do you know, because they, they knew that I could take direction because they do take, you know, children. that It, it is a risk sometimes uh-huh. as to, um, you know, uh, how good they're going to be. So I, I was very lucky that I had one of those faces that fit at the right time. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, I did. I literally went on and I did uh, 70 plus commercials. So yeah, it was a great it was a great learning ground for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that is as I say like that, that for any actor that's that's an amazing uh, an amazing amount of work I would imagine. Um, and then as well as that, you were also you you also got some sort of bit parts in in TV programs as well.
1: Yeah, I did quite a few quite a few things they, 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 at the time. You know, the BBC were doing quite a lot of period dramas and things like that. So um, for them, I did a, a thing called The Fall of Eagles. And then we did a film uh, called Barry Lyndon, which was with Ryan O'Neill. Right. And yes. so, so, you know, there was literally all these things that was going on. And I was lucky, like I say, lucky uh, to get quite a bit of TV work and went on from there.
0: So how did then uh, Grange Hill come about?
1: Grain, well, Grange Hill came about really because um, I was in the, in the West End. I was playing Oliver all right. in the West End. And um, Colin Camp came to see Oliver. And literally said, I'd like to see Mark for a screen test, um, you know, for this program. And, and I, I didn't know which program it was, even though the, the Show had been running for two years. And I was very aware of, of Show as a program. Yeah. I wasn't aware that that was what he was looking to do. Right. And then um, he came to our, to Barbara because he was looking for a couple of other um, parts as well. And he and literally said, we want you to read for this. We think you'd be perfect for this. Let's see what, how good you can deliver. And I was literally—I uh, did one reading, and then I was offered the job the next day. Really, and it was—it was a fabulous thing for me. Yeah, um, going from the West End into one into the biggest TV children's television program that's ever been. Was, was yeah. The, was so, brilliant. so were you?
0: You said you were aware of it. Did you watch Grange Hill then?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd worked with Todd um, before that anyway uh, in a in a in a, a program called The Headmaster. Uh huh. Um, which re- which had Frank Windsor in it, who used to be in Z Cars. It was his sort of next show, as it were. Right. Um, and there were quite a few. And literally, I spent a whole episode being chased around this school by Phil Daniels, who then obviously went on to <laughs> Pontefractia. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. but Todd, Todd, and I were in the, sort of these, these things. So I've been interested in, in the Grange Hill thing because obviously Todd was in it. And A few of the friends from school were in it, mm-hmm. and everybody was talking about it. You know, because it was, you know, this program that came on that changed the face yeah. really of um, children's television yeah uh, especially at the bbc uh-huh. and and then to suddenly be say to be told you're in yeah. the you know you're the next class as it were yeah was was incredible it was incredible
0: yeah yeah because you were sort of um, the next cohort that came in when you um
1: what was it like joining the program then i i will always say that our year year 3 huh. Probably, probably had the hardest job right. for, in children's television uh-huh. um, of that time, purely because the, the guys, you know, the casting for the first year with George, Todd, obviously, um, Terry, yeah. Michelle Herbert, um, you know, uh, and then, of course, the, uh, the others came in. They the were so good, so yeah. good, that we had to come in and sustain that and also make the BBC take notice that, that to carry it on. Right. That, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Because the yeah. first the first year could have been perceived to have been a one off. Yeah. And then bring a second lot in who were rubbish, absolute rubbish. And then 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 it could have, they could have shut the whole thing down. Uh-huh. So it's a lot of pressure. So I always say that we had that we had the hardest job we did to come in yeah. and um uh, you know and take on that mantle really. Uh,
0: yeah, I could completely understand that. So you joined with the <laughs> likes of Peter Moran, uh, Amanda Mealing, and, uh, and people like that. Who are you, sort of closest to, and, and sort of best friends with on the show then? On the
1: show then, well, the show then uh, well, I can't really say that we were all best friends because right. we, we we all came from such different, diverse parts yeah. and and backgrounds as such. Um, obviously, obviously with Pete, yeah, uh, I had I had the majority of all my you know my scenes with Peter yeah um and, and you know what well, he, he was such a good, lovely guy anyway um uh, you know and, and the, the thing the thing with peter was uh, that he literally turned up on day one of our that we you know of our filming uh-huh. uh, with a broken arm right <laughs> and so you know he wasn't supposed to have a broken arm no. <laughs> i think i think this i mean he might correct me if i'm wrong but i think he fell fell from an escalator and broke his arm right. so Pete Le- Peter ne- really had a broken arm from the June until the following February. Right. You know, wow, because he had yeah. to do every scene that we did. Yeah. Well, well, because it was the longest broken arm in the history of television <laughs> when you think about it. Right? Because we did yeah. all of our filming, you know, all the outside stuff in the summer
0: uh-huh.
1: and all the inside stuff in the winter. Right. So it all had to be the continuity of it. So hence, when we steal the putty, from the window yeah. frames, he's putting it into his broken arm. So we, they, they literally wrote it into yeah. to who he was, but he wasn't supposed to have a broken arm. Oh, it right. was okay. one of those things that happened, but he was so good, you know? Um, and of course, Manda Mealing, uh-huh. uh, who was just fa- fabulous, and but just, just decided that after one series that she didn't want to be typecast, really. Right. I don't know whatever happened to her. I'm sure she no. done <laughs> something else somewhere. <laughs> um, but again... You know, and um, and so yeah, so you know, we had a, we had a good crowd, and, and to be fair, a lot of the the first, you know, um, the, the the higher group, uh-huh. they literally sort of took us took us in and sort of sort of shielded us a little bit from, because we didn't really. I don't think that at um, my year, especially, um, really understood how the how the public, how the, how, you know, how the school children had reacted. Yeah. To to Grange Hill because we were all, we were all at stage schools. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If you look at that 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 second group, my group that came in, there was myself and Barbara Speaks. There was Peter and Mark Bishop who played uh, Michael Green, yeah, Benny's brother. They were both from Corona. Right. Then you had Amanda who was at Italia Conti. Do you see what I mean? So we were yeah, all yeah, from yeah. Um, a stage school background, and and literally then you go out onto the street. After the, I mean, after the after my first episode aired, that ho- my whole teenage years changed. Right, my whole life, you know, changed a bit. Yeah, as, it was just bizarre. It was bizarre. Um, so yeah, so that's really it. It was so the old the, the older sort of the older group sort of said to us, "Look, you know, this is going to happen. You know, you know, don't do this, don't do that." And see, and it was you know, they were great with us. They were
0: yeah, no, and that that, that that is nice, isn't it? That they were like that as well, because. I suppose it could have been really easy for them to have just acted big, like big heads, you know, we're the stars of this programme, what are you doing coming um, into our programme? Like, it, it could yeah. have been easy for them to do that, I suppose. My first
1: morning, actually my first morning, we were, Peter and I were sitting in television centre at White City and we were, we were scared crapless, basically, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? We were there thinking, what's going to happen? And um, the other guys, they all came in, because they came in together, and uh, Terry came over to us and, and literally said, welcome to the show. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, hi, hi, guys. How you do? You know, yeah. I did it. And then he says, I'm Terry." Oh. And, and that that was that that's the, the, the most lasting memory I have of that day. Right. Really. Yeah. You know, because it was it was such a nice thing to do. Yeah. You know, he, he sort of said, I remember what my first day was like. And I, He said, if you could make it. Be. It was it was fabulous. Fabulous.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. So who, who did you enjoy working with? Was there anyone where you thought, oh, I've got, you know, I've got a scene with this person today or, or anything like that? Was there anyone that you've really um,
1: enjoyed working with? No, I, I, I used to really enjoy working with, you know, you used, to, you used to get a buzz when you were working with, obviously with Todd, Terry or George, you know, uh-huh. they, these guys, these and the guys that were running that, that bit, you know. Um, yeah. But I, I really got quite a buzz when I was working with some of the adults. Right, you know, you you know, you suddenly you're working with um, Michael Cronin, you know, Bullet Baxter, and yeah. Like, "Wow, yeah, okay, All uh, right. And later yeah. on, obviously, we're um, you know, with Mr. Hopwood, you know, <laughs> Brian yeah. Capron, who yeah. who who was fabulous with the children. You know, with kids, he was he was really good with us. And there was some great there were some great actors. There was Robert Hartley as well, who played Mr. Keating. Yeah, uh, in those first, you know, there was some really good. Uh, uh, adults and I learned a lot from from those from those guys really. From, from with the kids I, again, I think that we were sort of too much in that bubble where you know we worked with everybody and we just loved every day we came, we yeah. came to work as it were, you know. Yeah. So I did. There was nobody that I, I would really say oh, I can't wait to have a scene with them really because yeah. I enjoy. I, I said that about every <laughs> day. Right, it's everybody. okay. So there you go. So there
0: you yeah. have it. <laughs> And and you you've just mentioned a couple of a couple of the, the adults there. What was the relationship like? between the, the adults and the kids
1: i mean for some of them we were very much those pesky kids it was a bit like an episode of scooby-doo <laughs> right, um, yeah. you know got get you know get but for a lot for a lot of the guys for a lot of the adults that it were they were so um so willing to to sort of bring us in and 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 brian will tell brian will say that he learned a lot from some of the kids the way the sort of the natural ability that a lot <laughs> right. of the kids yeah. had but uh yeah, but there was that you could always tell there was that divide really that you're you're the ch- child actors, we're the adult actors, we're actually the ones getting paid real money. You're just getting <laughs> buttons. Um, you know that was that was the <laughs> yeah that's what you got from them really. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Do you have any sorts of favourite storylines? Because Dwayne was involved in quite a lot in the time yeah. uh, that you were there. And do you have any sort of favourite storylines or, or episodes in particular?
1: Yeah, I mean, I always I, Dwayne was used quite a lot, really, for t- sort of testing out the water of stuff. You know, when you think that uh, he, it was him and sexy Lexi, basically. It right, was that, yeah. it's that sort of thing. And it sort of, it sort of came as quick as it went. But, yeah. it, you know, it, it went as quick as it came rather. But then in the following season or the following, you know, series, basically, um, there was a lot more in depth with claire and mr hopwood so yeah. they you see i mean so they, they use that there yeah uh, so i mean I, I i had some really good storylines uh, you know the the triangle with with claire and Pop as uh-huh. well yeah. um, but of course the, the one that's always going to be the one that people ask me the most about is the racism
0: right. uh, the
1: racism storyline which was so cleverly put together uh uh-huh. you know in different aspects of everything uh-huh. um that that you know whenever people talk about um the history of grange hill there are two storylines that they always always put in their top five uh, uh, even top three and that will be zamo the zamo yeah. drugs and the racism story with gripper yeah they will always be in their top their you know uh, top top two or three and and of course it was quite shocking for that time
0: yeah definitely
1: i mean we talk about it now as everybody and everybody will go oh really is that you know but
0: yeah. then it was shocking. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've watched a couple of them recently. Um, I watched a couple in, in preparation for this, and it wouldn't be allowed on kids' no. telly now. Not not a chance. And I think then it, it, it was shock. It was, you say, it was shocking because, the, like, I know we we always say you know there was nothing like Grange Hill on the telly at that time, but there was certainly on kids' telly there'd never been anything like that. No. at
1: all. I mean when we looked at kids' television. Uh, children's television, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that the, the the children of today understand that there was only, when Grainchill started, there were only three channels yeah. that we were able, you know, that people were able to watch. And when it came to children's television, you either got Andy Pandy <laughs> um, or, you know, look, looking through the round window yeah. um, or, or, do you know what I mean? Or you had adults playing children. Yeah. You know, you had the Street gang and you had things like that. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. you, you, you know, all those things. So this, grandchild was the first time that they actually, you saw children running a whole show yeah. as children. Yeah, And Phil's um, writing, you know, Phil's writing from his time growing up and stuff, you know, uh, was, was so phenomenal. Yeah. And so close to the knuckle at times. You know, it's like he says that every every school uh, every class in his school had one child that always had a nickname they they never had a real name you never knew them by their real name so hence do you know what i mean so hence you always get you always get a tucker a pogo right you get a a zamo you get a gonch you did you see what i mean you never
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes
1: um (laughs) right Because, because we all got one we've all got one yeah um so again, and I loved that about it. It was really gritty. And it was, it was um, uh, great writing.
0: Yeah. So when they were... I, this is something I've always wondered about. When you were filming the racism scenes and stuff and the fights and stuff, <laughs> this is just my own thing from a behind-the-scenes perspective is you were all called Mark. So how did... <laughs> How, how did the directors get around that? Because I always think
1: Because we would, would get we we would get individual notes basically. Right. We'd get individual yeah. notes. So we'd get pulled away to say, listen, on that take, we you did this, we'd rather you did that. Right. Rather yeah. than it be a general note. Because like you say, we'd all go, what, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Um, but, but yeah, for sure. Uh, but we they were so well chore- choreographed anyway that we all knew what we had to do. Uh-huh. And I, I still think that the the scene in the toilets, you know, the final gripper scene yeah. in the toilet, I think we only did two takes on it. Right. I think that we, every, uh, it was, yeah, because we knew how important that, that particular um, scene was going to be because we've been building up to it for so long. And everybody was just right on it. You yeah. could feel the electricity in the I whole place. It was great. It, you, you it was mad. Yeah, you can tell yeah, You can it was, sell everyone's it was, on it. It really was.
0: Especially um yeah, we Ma- Michael Cronin and, and Mark Savage, I think a brilliant in that scene. And Mark Savage, he hardly says anything in that scene. And I just I, I just you can just tell you can tell how good an actor he is. From hardly oh, yeah. saying anything at all, like, yeah, I, I just think it, it's brilliant. One thing I did want to ask you about was in your first series, so series three, one of your one of your first storylines was you turn up to school with a black eye, and it became apparent that Dwayne was quite scared of his dad, and it, that wasn't the fair that probably wasn't the first time that that had happened, but then that storyline just seemed to. Stop. Fade the stop. It, 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 yeah.
1: it was sent down the pipe basically from, right. from, the, from the, the the people above basically right. um i think that it was you know we're talking about 1980 81 they they deemed that to be the over the line right. at that time and then and then consequently three four years later they did the drug spin <laughs> yeah. but that's how that's how quickly things sort, yeah. of, sort of accelerated but the the the, the domestic abuse and the, the abuse of a child like that, um, they, they touched on it and left it out. But they, I, the idea was they were going to take it even further. Right. But, I, but the block was put onto it, I believe. Right. Um, it's a shame because that would have been a really good storyline.
0: Yeah, it, it, would have been, it was one I watched the other day. And what amazed me was in that was um, one of the teachers says to Dwayne, where would you get your black eye from? And he went, oh, my dad did it. And it was basically like, all oh, right, okay. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah. That, that was the attitude. like, All <laughs> oh, right, okay, yeah. yeah. On, on yeah, your way. Because
1: every every other show that you ever see, when someone's got a black eye and they're asked where'd you get that from, they also they walk into a door. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? Yeah. So for someone saying your dad did it, and it could be, oh, okay, that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. You don't and move yeah. on.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it just it just seemed like you know, obviously it was of its time because there was a yeah. lot of thing, a lot of things in Granger were of their time. You know, a lot of things that got said and done. But that just seemed amazing to me. It was just like, "All oh, right, okay, yeah, your dad done it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: that's all
0: right. Then. <laughs> let's let's move the conversation on then.
1: Yeah, that's all so,
0: right. Yeah, because uh, I I do think that would have been a really a, a really a good storyline to to get yeah. some gifts with, and it, it was a shame that uh, that they couldn't take it further at, at the time.
1: I think they Another- they also rea- they also realised at that sort of sort of halfway through series three that the dynamics of that year weren't working 100 percent right right so basically what they done was and and i think this was a mistake that they made when they were transitioning from the first year to our year Uh was that they literally took exactly the same blueprint from series one and two and added it to this year coming in Uh so you had you had the cheeky you, you, you had the the boy next door right um which yeah. was me obviously you had the slightly overweight one which was peter yeah yeah you had um you had Be- uh, benny's brother yeah and you then had two girls which was like the, the trisha and the kathy yeah so we had the, the tracy <laughs> and the karen do you yeah. see what i mean so yeah but it, it, it was too close to the first set of boys uh, first set of of cast uh-huh and it didn't. It didn't work. It really didn't work because there was too many siblings, and there was just too many, too much interaction there was from other years. So uh-huh. um, that's why in series four, uh, I mean, as I say, Amanda didn't want to do series four anyway. She yeah. decided she wasn't doing anymore. But that's. But that is then when you have the birth, really of um, of Stew Pop, Claire, and Gripper. Yeah, definitely, because they come in. Do you know what I mean? And I think, and of course, Susan Tully. Yeah,
0: Susan yeah. I think they came in in, in series four, I, but you were still first years. I, I couldn't quite work it out. I've watched it a couple of times, and it, it's a little bit tricky to try and work out. I think they're still first years, and then the, the change happen, the change happens halfway through. I think I could I could well be wrong on that. Like,
1: but well, yeah. I can tell you now that 40, 40 years on, I still can't work <laughs> it out. So there you go. So. <laughs> and you luck. were right in the middle of it. I was uh, in the middle of it. The thing I've noticed as well is when Claire comes
0: in, it's it seems that she's a like-for-like replacement for yeah. for Tracy, Tracy um, even yeah. even though even though it's not touched on, she just seems to be that because Dwayne sort of mentions that later on. You know, Claire's my friend. You know, it's it's the same. Yeah, yeah. It's the same sort of dynamic. Uh, I think, yeah. the, and I don't know if that was a. A, a conscious thing on from the from the writers or whatever or but it, it just it just seems to be a like for-like uh,
1: replacement and basically I think that they already had plans for Tracy anyway right uh, and so they'd already started the writings of that so then because I, I think that Amanda sort of made the decision to, to not come back quite late on right okay okay and so um so basically they'd already had in the pipeline these x, 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 x y and z. For, right, for guess, Tracy, yeah. and of course, then she goes, and then, then of course, then it's just easy then to yeah. bring Claire in, yeah. and go right. You can have these here now,
0: then. And I'm, Paula I'm, I'm, does a
1: fantastic job. Oh yes, yeah, does she's, a fantastic she's job. Brilliant. brilliant. I mean, the thing is that the, Tracy leaving isn't even mentioned, is it? It's, no. it's not even touched
0: upon. It, it's just all no. right. It's okay, we carry on, Um and, and Claire's here now, and as you said, oh, the others come in there as well. Okay, so then you, you you're moving through, and you've done. Series three, four, five, and six. And then series seven comes around. And you get to episode 12. And then that's the last we see of, yeah. of Dwayne Orphington. Now, some of like, p- people like myself and that know exactly why. Yeah. Wh- why you feel. But can you just explain?
1: Why yeah, you, I got why no, you yeah, no problem at all. Um, basically, uh, i have been suffering for nearly on two years prior to that with um, uh, Crohn's disease, it was to begin right. with. And of course, you get a lot of stress. Um, it's stress-related Crohn's disease anyway. Yeah. But uh, and of course, the job we were doing was quite stressful at times. Um, but it literally was just getting worse and worse and worse. And to be fair to uh, the producers, they wanted to keep me going. They wanted because they knew that, you know, they wanted to keep me in. Yeah. And in uh, the yeah. middle of filming, and I just collapsed, basically. Right. And um, that's why you, you saw, we were in the studios at the time. And, and then I was uh, like I, said, I went, to the, went to the hospital and there was no way the hospital were going to let me come back out and finish off series seven, right. which is a shame because oh, I really yeah. did want to see it through because um, there was talk of me going into the series eight with the sixth form. But um, of course, that, that was completely uh, sort of sidebarred anyway. I had yeah. another fight on my hands. Yeah. And that turned, and then I had um, it sort of turned into sort of a cancer of the bowels, as it were. Right. So I literally, you know, I just had to concentrate on that, which was which was a shame because I, like I say, I really wanted to finish that whole series off, I got uh-huh. to, to episode twelve, and of course Paul McKenzie came in and took over the lines that I had.
0: Oh, right, okay. And got,
1: and got to dance with Lisa East at the end, didn't he? <laughs> so not happy. Not happy. That was my. That was worse than me, but,
0: yeah, no, no, that, that that is a shame. But as you say, you know, obviously you had a far more important uh, thing to deal with at, at that time. Yeah. Like so, okay, so then you leave um, Grange Hill. Uh, you've done what forty-one episodes. How did the treatment sort of then go then? It was.
1: Uh, I, I, I mean, to, to be honest, with you I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound too bitter. Right. Okay. Um. But, I mean, look, but um. To be honest, the BBC dropped me like a stone.
0: oh right, okay. Uh,
1: and yeah, you know, yeah, and uh, I was one. I was then given a, a sort of a, an explanation for that about about ten years later. Right, and that was because because of the timing, and the 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 newspapers were full of AIDS and stuff like you know that right, that pandemic they didn't, they didn't want to be associated with it, you know, and they didn't want people to speculate and stuff like that.
0: Wow. Really? So,
1: yeah. Wow. So I was like, okay, okay. I can understand. Okay. i got a bit more understanding, but I was, I was bitter for a while. Cause I, I, I didn't, um, I don't think that I was treated particularly well after that no. by them. Um, they never stood by me at any time. Uh, and then, and then consequently, you know, here we are at sort of, like I say, 40, nearly 40 years later, and you know, uh, even Eureka, who did the um, the CD, you know, the, the DVDs, yeah. they they even they even admitted me off of the cast list for season seven,
0: no which way. was like another
1: one. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, okay, that, that was another, sure, Thank you for that. I, I think you'll find that I'm in it for the majority. Of you but Ew, there wow. you go. Um, Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, all right. But uh, but no, I'm I'm fine with it now. I'm fine with it now because. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, the last four or five years, uh, you know, being part of the, um, the groups online and stuff like that, and seeing yeah. the uh, the way that people still feel about the show has really yeah. sort of has brought a little bit more warmth back for me.
0: Right, so that's okay. it. That's it. For me. yeah, oh, that's that. That's good. And um, so while you were on the show, then what was the the public reaction to to Dwayne like?
1: Uh, really good I, I mean i i can say i, I can say it's really good, can't I? <laughs> it was good it was good um yeah it, it was manic and yeah. it was growing the whole time you know it was it was you got you know the um the racism uh episode for instance you know sort of i think it was 8.4 million people something like that yeah you know on, only to be beaten by the the, the drugs uh episode yeah. with 10.4 million so when you consider that East Enders only gets four point five million now, yeah, it's it, you know, and um, also, yeah. I was speaking to someone the other day, and I was, they were sort of saying that, uh, um, you know, the World Cup final can, you, you know, because in, in, we're never in it, yeah. might, might only get, sort of, might only get, uh, you know, thirty thousand people. Do uh, uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so it is incredible. It is incredible to think that that many people. So when you walk down the street. People, the, the the sort of anonymity of it is really quite cool as well because nobody knew my name. Right. They knew they knew Dwayne. Yeah. But they didn't know my name, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> is quite strange because you're walking and you end up going, all right, yeah, answering to, to someone saying, hey, Dwayne, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. You're, you're answering to something. That's not even my name. So you're, you're sort of in, in two worlds as it were. Yeah. Like, I'm Mark on one side and I'm Dwayne. Say, yeah. So, no, but it was it was great. I mean, I had you do have a couple of touch and goes, you know. Yeah. There are always going to be um, someone out there wants to make a name for themselves and stuff like that. But thankfully, I, I sort of my character didn't really get too much of that. You can imagine what other characters might have. They, you know, they were getting a lot more that hassle is, than yeah. I was, uh, you know. Um, but um, no, it was good. I, I, and and it, it, it. the other thing that, that I think is a real testament to the, to the, the, the cast of, of Grange Hill it's like I say, for, literally from the start, right the way through the whole 30 years is, is is that they, you know, they were able to deal with that. They were children. Yeah. They weren't yeah. adults. You know, they weren't yeah. adults. They were children. And so at, at one of the most difficult times of their lives, they were also dealing with this, you know, yeah. and, and and no matter what anybody says, and you and again, you can understand that, is that for a... 12 to 15 16 17 year old to have to make sure that they're you know that everything they're wearing is literally where it should be and pristine and and do you know know what i mean and so make sure that you're not it's got something on there you're not supposed to have on your teeth that kind of stuff the pressure is quite high
0: yeah
1: And, and and i think that a lot of a lot of people sort of took that for granted if you know what i mean they didn't actually see that part of what we had to go through at the same time but as I say, that's
0: the price of fame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, to- you're talking there about uh, things you had to wear. I just want to mention, Dwayne Orpington's coat is quite iconic, I, I think. You know, obviously there was a storyline when he got the paint on it, but it is quite an, quite, uh, an iconic item of clothing, I think. I- was that yeah. yours or was that wardrobe?
1: That was wardrobe. Um, yes. But the-, the best thing was that we had... Um, uh, a fabulous wardrobe master, uh, Dennis, who literally sort of talked to us before
0: right.
1: uh, we even started. So before I'd even sort of said a line as Dwayne, yeah, he said, "So listen, what do you know?" He, he I remember it absolutely vividly, like it was yesterday. It was at northampton uh, rehearsal rooms because they literally brought all this stuff in, sat us down. They said, "How do you think your character would dress? How do you think what kind of style do you want him to have?" And at that time i'd already sort of gathered and uh, we'd already t- sort of worked out that he was gonna that he was being beaten by his dad for instance uh-huh. so i said i think that Dwayne would be quite quite well dressed as sort of his dad saying sorry as it were do you know what i mean and, yeah. and making up for stuff yeah um and so you if you look at Dwayne, Dwayne has that you know and it's funny because you talk about the coat every time that one picture of me like, comes up on the internet <laughs> Nobody says anything about Dwayne. They all say, I had that coat. I yeah. had that coat. You can turn this, that's reversible, that coat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is, it's very iconic. But I was very lucky that I, it, it looks like I'm sponsored by Adidas. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, everything that I'm wearing is nearly always Adidas and stuff like that. So, and I've got Farah trousers on, you know, and I've got yeah. moccasins. And he, he is really quite well-dressed, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he does, yeah, you're right. That coat makes, you know, uh, is far more recognisable than I am, I have
0: to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. So um, so you know, after you left Grange Hill, you did some more acting. How long in the process was it before you started acting again or were you acting straight away?
1: No, I, I literally, um, it was a good two years before right. I did anything again. Um, I, I completely lost my appetite for it. To be honest, Uh, again, as I said earlier, to be completely dropped like a stone, Uh uh, I I sort of thought, well, I I don't, this is not a business that I really want to be part of, to be fair. Right, take it. And then, um, and then literally, um, my agent said, Look, I've got this commercial that's asking for you. Um, I used used to be quite good at football. Uh And so I used to play a lot of football. And so um, they said, Look, can you go along? And all, all, all you need to do is you need to just juggle a football, and just want to see if you can do it. And I goes, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Um, and so this was 1986. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so uh, just before the World Cup of '86, Mexico of '86, right? And um, and literally, I, I I went up for this audition against three three kids from Chelsea. They were in the Chelsea academy, <laughs> right? Chelsea <from> Adams, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, the, and and so I thought, oh, this is going to be good. I'm gonna, I've got a great chance here. But but, but it, it wasn't all about that. It was also about your, your camera craft and stuff like that. Do you right. know what I mean? So yeah. that's when my advantage came in over their advantage. And so I did this advert for the YTS scheme. Right. And I literally I did two versions of it because, sadly, Jock Steen had just died, you know, right. when he, yeah. he, he was the, the, the Scotland manager at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I did one version uh, with Bobby Robson, in this car, as he sees me juggling this uh, Coke can and kicking it into the bin, and another version with Alex Ferguson because Alex Ferguson took over Yeah. because he was manager at Aberdeen. He took over, yeah. you see, from Jock Stein before he went on to Man United. I don't know whatever happened to him there. Guys, <laughs> but, um, again, um, so and and literally, I so I did this commercial, which was an amazing commercial for me because literally back then we used to get paid sort of repeat fees, Great, and well, it was literally repeat well. fees for each for each region. So it was, it was, it was crazy. Wow, the money yeah. that I wow, this is, this is lovely. I can do more of these, please, my agent.
0: What was it like working with Bobby Robson and Alex Ferguson? Oh,
1: Bobby Robson was, he was a gentleman, absolute gentleman. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, he stood there for a good two hours just talking to me about, about football. Right. Alex Ferguson probably said one word to me. <laughs> <Right>. He <laughs> was literally in and out by, it, it was, it was, it was like, Wow, it, it, non-existent. you know what I mean? Yeah. But Bobby Robson was just a f- fairy tale of a man. Yeah. Wow. He was a fabulous man.
0: Because you played football as well, didn't you? Yeah. Um, because I, I, I seem to remember you scoring a world here, at Goodison Park in the Soaps Cup. If it.
1: I did. I, <laughs> did. I did.
0: I was. I was there because I went. I, I just remember because I was on the Goodison Roadside and I remember you being on the Bullens Roadside and, and in this in this absolute world. I was 12 and I can remember it and you were well, this absolute world,
1: Ian. Well, because the crowd were counting down, weren't they? Do you remember yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Count, they, they were starting of, to finish the game and it, yeah. it got to literally three and I thought, look, we were losing as well and I thought, I've got to hit this. And I just, yeah. boy, <laughs> it wasn't worldy. I think yeah, I went a it, bit mad after that, to be honest. And, and it was a and good day.
0: <laughs> I, I, it's weird that, like I say, I was twelve years old—maybe not even twelve years old—and I, I could I remember that vividly. Um, what what a, what and what a day that was as well.
1: Neil, it's a moment I will remember for the rest of my life, <laughs> and so will anybody that anybody that will listen to the story will know as well. playing. I always say, you know what? I, I've i scored one of the best goals in
0: that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. As an Evan, as an Everton supporter, we could do with someone who can hit a few of them at the moment. Yeah. But um, <laughs>
1: I, I you know literally went from there, and then I um, sort of I, then I became um Victor Meldrew's post postman. Yeah. So I mean, I am in, in one foot in the grave. Yeah. Which again was a fantastic job uh, job for me because it was three days' work, and it's my pension. <laughs> purely because they used to, they used to play at the airport on a loop. Right? So, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then this is why I, this is why I can't stand only fools and horses because it literally took us off. Oh, all <laughs> right. <laughs> now, anyway, you know, they, they come and took all, all away from us. Um, but yes, that went on there and um, and literally, the the next story I had <laughs> I had for you basically is the same kind of thing was that my agent sent me for for an, an audition, and a bit earlier I was talking about how my first Barbara speak. Literally sent me for everything because because the money. So my agent sent me up to um, the Duke of York Theatre in the West End here in London, and literally said, "Right, take your music, okay. You're going to do two songs." She said, "Make sure that you do the best." And I go, "Well, I always, you know, always do that." And so off I went for this 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 theatre musical, and um, I walk in. And the training that we used to have was that when you walked into an audition, you gave the impression that the person for the job has just walked through the door. Right. Yeah. Right? You don't need to look, for it. don't look any further. The guy that you want is literally right, just walk through the door. Yeah. So you walk in like Charlie big time. Do you know what I mean? Here, you yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got your bowl going on and everything. So I've bowled straight in through the stage door, straight up, and literally gone to this girl and said, I'll come for the audition. He because, goes, because there's my music. And she looked at me. And she said, um, are you sure? And I said, I said, this is the Duke of York. Said, yes, yes, she said, yes. And this was a, a musical for black artists.
0: Right, right. And
1: my, okay. OK, and my, uh, <laughs> and my uh, agent had sent me for this audition. And so I looked in the room and I could see that I was the only white guy that sat, right. you know, in there. And I thought, so she goes, I'm really sorry. And I said, well, I said, I've come this far. Can I still audition? I said, what what, what have we got to lose? And she yeah. thought it was really funny. She thought it was really funny. She goes, why not? Why not? Let's see. Okay. And so then I walk onto the stage and they all fall about laughing. They, you know, they, they, all, the director and the producer are sitting in the stalls and they just they're just peeing themselves, basically. <laughs> and they said, You do it? I goes, yes. I said, I know. I said, but listen, I said, I prepared for it. I might, you know, I might as well do it. And she goes, They said, go, go ahead, go ahead. So I did my two numbers, and they said, "Yeah, yeah, fantastic, well done, thank you very much." And she said, she said "Maybe we'll see you again." And I goes, <laughs> I, "I said hopefully, hope, hopefully for the right job next time." <laughs> and literally five weeks later, five weeks later, yeah. I got a phone call to say, uh, "This is the, the the casting agent for that job the, for the for that musical." Um, the, the, the 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 producer really thinks you'll be great for once a catholic on a national tour right and they offered me the part they offered me the part of once a, you know once a catholic yeah right so some do you know what i mean sometimes you, you take your chance yeah and you go do you know what because i was the person that stood out on that day don't you, do you know what i yeah. mean so yeah. so it wasn't i was any better than anybody else it was just that i was the one that stood there yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it got me a nine month tour so yeah oh. so you know so that's that basically that's the sort of thing that i did once i left uh, um, but then I, again, I wasn't, um, I'm not, I wasn't sort of, it wasn't the same for me. It wasn't right. never the same.
0: Yeah. So is that when you sort of started moving away from acting then?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, to... I, I did a lot of um, sort of presenting as such. I went on right. to, into the BBC. I went to the BBC and did a, a few bits for them, um, for their training bits, you know. All right. Things yeah. like the broom cupboard, you know, the broom cupboard and yeah. things like that. so. So sort of the formatting and the stuff for like that, uh, and so I then went on and started to teach some of the some uh, presenters, television oh, right. presenters, and so uh, yeah, I was lucky. I went and sort of did, made a living out of that for a while. Um, but then again, I, I just thought it wasn't enough to feed the family, as it. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. Were you so, in? And a were
0: you were you in press what? gang as well? Sorry, were you in press gang? I was. as well?
1: Yeah, because I've seen your name, but I've I've tried watching a couple. um, Yeah, yeah. I I think it was, his name was Martin. They gave him a name of Martin. And to be honest with you, I was sitting at home. This was 1989. I can tell you exactly when it was, 1989. And I was sitting at home and I was bored out of my mind and um, literally bored out of my mind. And again, my agent said, look, it's it literally is just you in the in the offices here there's nothing mate i goes listen i don't care yeah i said it's at pinewood studios you know it's at pinewood it's easy for me to get to it's an easy summer let's do it yeah and it was great because i obviously worked with, with, with dexter fletcher and you know julius and, uh and maluki of course who was in it too yeah um michelle gale so yeah. michelle gale was there yeah michelle as well. gale was in. yeah, yeah i know Quite yeah. a bit of a great of course, job. I knew Michelle that. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle was in, in at the same school as myself and right. with, uh, in my brother's year. So I knew Michelle anyway. Um, so yeah. So, so yeah, I went on did a, did, a, did a series of that as well. I thought, okay, that's cool.
0: So then, when, when you've moved away from the act then what did you do then?
1: Um, I've done a whole, I've just, done, just got my head down, done a lot of stuff. I mean, I, um, a friend of mine started to do the knowledge in London to be a black cab driver. Right. And and literally, he, he sort of said, um, "This is the hardest thing that anybody could ever do." He said, "You could never do it," and I and, and that's like a red to <laughs> a ball, you know. And I said, "I said, okay, what do I need to do?" And literally, uh, he said, "It's four years. It's four years of studying and going to the." And so I said, "Right, okay." And so two years, two months later, I had my badge. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know. But you see, the thing with that was was it that it, it was all about memory, and again, uh, from my acting days, the one thing that we that we do we tap into is our memory. Yeah. And so I was very lucky that I could re- go back to my acting days and rely on that, yeah. you know. And um, so that really helped me a lot. And then I, I literally, I still to this day still teach people how to pass the knowledge in London. Right. It's right oh, right. okay. You know. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so, so many things. And um, so sort of I'm now involved with the, uh, the Good Grief Trust, right, which yeah. is run by... Obviously yeah. Do you want, do you want to, to explain a little bit
0: more about that? Because obviously uh, any Grange Hill fans, I think, will be quite interested. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, a lot of our, a lot of our uh, to, to be fair, a lot of the people that watch this have supported us throughout the last four to five years. They've been, uh, the Grange Hill fans have been phenomenal. To the good grief trust and for those that don't know it, it literally is a um a charity that was started um uh by linda magistris who obviously she wasn't she was linda slater back in the sort of 1970 79 yeah. and she played susie who was alan's girlfriend mm-hmm. and um i literally i went to one of these um reunion or what do they call it comic cons don't they now that uh-huh. you know and and i met up with linda again and it's a bereavement charity and it's something just touched me about it, and uh, I sort of said, "Look, if you ever need any any help, then I'm willing to help." And so I, I very quickly became an ambassador for Linda, and for the trust. And um, and then sadly, uh, I lost my brother a year ago, right. uh, literally, literally a year ago, last Thursday. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, until then, the losses that I had had, uh, sort of from a bereavement point of view, were. Uh, was my grandfather and my grandmother, which really is what you would class as the natural order of things. So it was, you know, it was very, very sad, and I was, and it hurt, but nowhere near as much as it did when I when you lose your younger brother right. because yeah. you're thinking that he's going to be the one to be, you know, helping you through your dark times. Uh, so I really got it then, and and uh, so Linda asked me to be a trustee, so I'm now a trustee, and we've literally gone on. And it's now, I would say, it's now the, um, probably in the top two, top three bereavement charities in, in the country. Excellent, yeah. We need it now because, obviously, you know, with the last sort of 18 to 20 months that we've had, mm-hmm. we're, you know, with all these poor these, these poor souls that have lost their lives through COVID, and, and, and it's the people that get left behind, you see. Yeah. And there's, there's people out there that have been grieving by themselves, and that's not a natural way to deal with grief. There
0: you go. That's my that's my my. <laughs> uh, no, that, that that's all on. right. No, yeah, um, I I just I, like I follow uh, the Good Greek Trust um, on all social media, and, and and what what they do is is fantastic as well. Like, mm. and it's testament to Linda, isn't it? You know, um, well, oh, yeah. how, how how she's done it. Like, um, okay, so obviously you're still in touch with with, with Linda now, but are, are you? Are you in touch with any other members of of the cast?
1: Yeah, I mean, I talked I talked to to Paula most weeks. Great. Um, and George George is also a trustee, a good great trust. So great. Uh, so I talk to George regularly. Uh, I get um I always talk to Lisa uh, Lisa East. Yeah. And of course, the one I can't get rid of is Joanne Boats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> you know, because she was always a little minx. You see, she was always. A little, <laughs> Uh, love Joanne to bits because speaking, yeah. you know, she, I mean, she was, there was the three of us that actually survived the cull of, of yeah. series three. So there was myself, Pogo and Anita. Yeah. So, and she was only nine years old, you see, right? Well, yeah. she was nine years old. And I, and I was um, 14 and she was nine and Peter was 12. So Peter was the, was the proper age.
0: Yeah.
1: And she was playing up and I was playing down. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, there's, there's quite a gap between us, but we get on very, very well, and, and it's uh, we have a really good sort of rapport with each other as well, yeah. you know. And so, so yeah, so uh, of course, Joanne, uh, I speak to her all the time. Um, um, Lisa York, I've seen, and uh, you know, and it's been that's been the beauty of what's happened over the last sort of four years, five years, is that because of um, the growth and the explosion, really, of these these fan um, events yeah that we have managed to get back in contact with each other and you know there's been a there's been a, a whole world going on while we haven't yeah so we, we, were, we were able to you know it's been lovely to be able to catch up with them all and 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 we talk to each other like adults now yeah rather than children <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. you know <laughs> yeah so
1: it's very so our relationships are very differently because we've all grown up you know we yeah. were all we were all very immature a lot of us at the time but um I, I'm very grateful for
0: that. Very grateful for that. Oh no, that that's excellent. Um, I've just got a few more questions just before we sort yeah, of before yeah, we finish off you. there. So, other other than Dwayne Orpington, who was your favourite character on Grange
1: Um, I'm not going to go for the the obvious, to be honest. I, I'm I'm going to go for Tommy Watson. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the obvious would be Tucker or Zamo, yeah. you know, uh, Ruiziggy or something like that. But I'm not. I'm going to go for. I'd go for Tommy Watson really because uh, I think it's because um, Paul was a, a really good-looking young fella. Do you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. And the, and and, and, the, and the attention he used to get from the women. That's, <laughs> I think that's. I think mean, I think that's more of, of why I'd like to have been Tommy Watson to be um, to be honest. But no, I think that the the that Tommy had a, a quite. You know, they went on to, obviously to do Tucker's Luck as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'd go with that. I'd go with that.
0: Cool, and is that who you if you hadn't played, Dwayne You would have liked to have been, then would you?
1: Yeah, and then of course, um, I, I should have said that, that, um, Paul is probably my closest friend, uh, other than Paula as well, obviously, right. since my grain shield days. Yeah, and I speak to you know, and, and he's been a real support for me, especially the last couple of months and what have you. Um, and and so we're, we're sort of working on a couple of projects together and stuff like that, so it's oh, really that's... been really, really nice. So maybe a bit of favouritism that way. But yeah, so that, that's, that's that's the part that I would have liked to have if I didn't have my own. But I was quite happy with what I had. Thank you very much. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> and then, so me last question then, why do you think
0: there is still such affection for Grange Hill? Why, why are we still well, talking
1: about it? Okay. Um, I, I think it's literally in the fabric of our youth. Right. You know, it really yeah. is in the, fa- in the fabric of our youth. And, and I think that, we could all identify with somebody in one of the year groups, whoever they were. Uh-huh. You know, you, you would say to yourself, oh, I, I was very much like so-and-so. I was like him, I, I, I and that was, the, that was the beauty of that programme is that, the, again, I'll go back to the writing of it, was that I think that Phil probably looked at his own class at school and thought, right, who can I have that can do that, fit, that part, that part, that part? But I do think that it, it literally did mirror what was the reality of what was going on in schools without the swearing. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> so we weren't allowed to swear. Yeah. Um, you know, but we did invent um, flipping egg. That was, you know, one of ours. We That's one of ours. Came very you close
0: to, to swearing on, on a couple of them like a couple oh, of yeah, times. Oh, no, you as it I got mean, on. Mr. Smart was referred to as
1: smartass a few times, uh, wasn't he? He was. <laughs> yeah, he was. That was like, whoa, hold on a minute. Oh, oh, did oh, that oh, really oh, happen?
0: How, how that one got through, well, I'll never know. Like, but...
1: But but what I'll do, Neil, is to close. You know, to close. Like you say, this is your last question. Uh, uh, but the, the reality of it is, is that the the fans that we have yeah. are are like no other. I don't think there's any other show out there that like our fans. Right. Because uh, and and I and I can quantify that by literally because it's a bit of escapism, but. It's a bit like when you go past Greg's, let's say, and you smell, you know, the donuts. You, you always feel warm and comfortable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, I could just eat one of those donuts or a sausage roll, um, or even a sausage on a fork. Yeah. There we go. Um, okay, but nice. uh, it's the fact that our fans have been, uh, and this is the reason that I'm probably uh, so active on the on the social media as I am, not because I want to be the the. the it's because of the people that I've made contact with have been so good to us, yeah. and so genuine you know so nice, you know, and um, for me, it's about giving them something now, yeah, because they've given it they've given it to us. they kept us alive, yeah, <laughs> you know, they kept the memories of our show alive for you know, remembering that we it, it stopped, when did it stop in two two thousand and eight, two thousand and eight yeah yeah, so we're talking with it's thirteen years later. And yeah. we're still talking, you know, and people are still talking about it. Yeah, it's a bit. It, it's, I feel a bit like the Morecambe and Wise Christmas special. You know, <laughs> uh, where, <laughs> you know they're going to talk about Angela Rippon's legs, it? but <laughs> um, it, it, it does feel like that. So I think it's very much the the, the, the childhood memories of all the, of, of people, and um, and and may long may it continue. I have yeah. to say, and I and I would like to say a special thank you to everybody that um, that comes onto our groups and, and then participates because. You know, when, it, when it's when it's our birthdays, any cast member that has a birthday, yeah, you know, they literally have over like, like two hundred odd happy birthday, happy birthday, and it is just so warming, and, and I'm very thankful.
0: Excellent, excellent Well, listen, Mark. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been it's been amazing talking to you. Obviously, you were there in thank you good. know in the infancy of Grange Hill and and for you to come on and talk about it, it's been brilliant. So thank you very much, and for anyone who's listening we I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you
1: very much. Take care, everybody. Thank you.